Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My My Ship Ship Story. Story. (laughs) That was terrible. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to My Ship Story Podcast. We're here again with Scott and Brad. Uh, Brad, what's going on in your world? Oh, not a lot. I'm just doing a little uh, meat smoking today. What are you? Not smoking? the other kind of smoking. It's so funny. I've got a, that's every meat. other day. He says yeah. meat smoking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got that's, a couple of couple of roasts and a brisket on the uh, on the grill. I got up early this morning. Got them started. So should be ready to go here pretty soon. I think I can be there just in time for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, four o'clock. Four o'clock. Oh, you started this early, and it's going to take till four o'clock, dude. It takes Uh, ten hours to smoke. I don't think it's going to take that long, but somewhere around there. That's what I'm shooting for. So another reason why I don't uh, do that sort of cooking ten hours is thirty minutes max. You just Um, have to do prep step before that with the uh, cook rock and and all that stuff. You just uh, no, 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 none of that, none of that. But Scott, how's the how's the filming going? Uh, it's fantastic. It's so much fun. I, I can't even tell you how much fun and how big of a thing this is. And I can tell you that uh, you know, being a food fan and everything, usually you know you eat you know snacks, a bunch of carbs, sack sandwiches, and pizza and stuff like that. But craft services on this thing is five star, man. I've had lobster and feta. Lobster. I've had lobster and feta um, omelets in the morning i've had um, flank steak teriyaki for i mean it's it's a it's a giant production just craft services so when will you be able to tell us what it is i don't know maybe when the trailer comes out oh wow so it's that hush hush until the trailer oh my gosh you have no idea it's if you mention it at all or where it is or that you're in it or anything like that and they find out um, your scenes are removed. So you did sign an NDA then? Oh yeah. Everybody goes through yeah. NDA and on other projects and stuff, you can normally get away with certain things or like, Hey, can you do a selfie? And this is no, unless you have wow. authorization to even pull your phone out. Well, I, I think we're all looking forward to finding out what it is and actually seeing this up on the big screen. So yeah, yeah, you're, so it's going to be a big deal and it will, a hundred percent be up for an Oscar. Wow. I can't wait to to, to find out more information, but let's get to our guests this week. We have another fantastic guest. We have Miss Kim Fulton all the way from Georgia. Hi Kim. How are you? Hi Kim. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Pleasure. Absolutely. I do have to say that. Has been mentioned so many times on here. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good thing. Usually a good thing. I do have to say that when I drive my 10 hours from Florida to Georgia and I listen to your podcast, it makes it so much pleasant. The time flies by and all the stories I hear, I'm like, I'm like going, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm sure it's jarred a few memories for you from, from ship life. Yeah. So why don't you tell us, let's just get started and tell us a little bit about how you even got started working on ships and what, how did that go? All right. This is my ship story. My name's Kim Fulton. And just like many of you, I saw, an ad in the paper and it was for $25 and you could fill it out and you could probably go work at sea. So I, I sent it to uh, by mail 
to quite a few cruise lines in Royal Caribbean was the first one that came back at me because I had worked at the uh, Four Seasons in Washington, D.C. for seven years. So I had that hotel oh, background. Wow. So cool. that was kind of a shoe in. And they gave me two weeks and I went down oh, you there. Got plenty of time. Wow. So much yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and when I filled out the application, they told me to take a picture by a boat. So I went where I lived and got my picture taken by a boat. So they knew that I was boat friendly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what? weird. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I never heard that either. <laughs> so, um, and where was where were you living at the time? Oh, at that time I was in Washington D.C. and I was also in uh, Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, back and forth. Oh, okay, cool. That'd be funny if you took a picture in front or like in a canoe or something. Well, it was close. It was like a little sailboat. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. Yeah, so then I uh, flew down there. They put me up in the hotel. Next day, I went and got my uniforms. And then I went straight on board the ship looking at I-75. And I went in. They took me into. No, I went into the uh, crew. And Dorothy was there. Dorothy and, Burton's. Yep. And she yeah. uh, got me all settled and she said, just go straight down the hallway and it's turned this way. And I looked at her like a deer in headlights. So she took me down and she showed me the cabin, opened the cabin. And I was like, oh, my God. And mm -hmm. my roommate was Renee. This is my bathroom size. <laughs> yeah. Um, my roommate was Renee. She was just turned 18 and she was from Jacksonville. She didn't last that long. Um, and I was horrified that I had to get up on the top bunk. You know, I thought for sure I got the bottom bunk because I was older. She was only 18. I started when I was uh, uh, 20, 28, 29, 28, 29. So um, I was kind of older. Starting. A little later. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. And what ship was that that you started oh, on? Nordic Empress. Nordic Empress, awesome. okay. And, and so about that was around year? 90, 91? Yeah, I started 90? in 90, um, 89. 89. Yeah. And I had a choice. They said I could either go California or Bahamas. So I picked Bahamas because I had a boyfriend who worked at, was then Merv Griffin Casino, Paradise Island. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. I had been down there a few times and I met him when I lived in Iran back in 1978. So, um, Wait, you where? lived in Iran? What? Yeah, I lived in Iran for three years, 1976 to 1978. We were evacuated when the Shah left. Wow. wow. Oh, well, well, that's a story. <laughs> well, what were you doing in Iran? Excuse me? What were you doing in Iran? I went to high school. We were in Isfahan, Iran, which was about seven hours from Tehran through the desert. What brought and you out here? Is this a military family or? Um, Dad was a consultant for the F-14. Oh, okay. So he was a, a consultant. He had been in Air Force, but most people there were Bell Helicopter, Pratt Whitney, Grumman. Consultant. <laughs> yeah right wow so oh, anyway really cool. um i thought oh, i'm gonna go to the bahamas and wait till he sees me so um got on board they sent me straight upstairs to the front desk and it was familiar to me because i had that background so um worked and got to meet wonderful people and i've heard the stories like uh people who had jobs after th their shift so I worked in casino at the satellite booth and did uh, coins. And I did the babysitting too. I stopped the babysitting when the kid was licking the glass uh, elevator going up and down the atrium. And then I was pushing a <laughs> stroller outside with my nighttime uniform on. And these people told me I looked like Mary Poppins. So that was the <laughs> end of the babysitting. 
<laughs> well, Mary Poppins is not a bad look. <laughs> so uh, what years did you work on board? So you started in 89. And because uh, we never, we actually met, the first time I met you, I had heard your name for many years because we were on board around a similar time, but we actually never worked together. I'm not sure if Brad or Scott, if you guys ever worked with Kim either. Nope. I, no? I, I don't know, but you're super familiar. Were you on the Majesty? No, I was on the Nordic Empress uh, seven months, and then I wasn't coming back. When I went over the bridge, I uh, waved farewell, and I thought, <laughs> that is it. I am not going back to that life, but went back, and my uh, brother got married. My sister and I, we were running around having so much fun. When they called me back early, I was like, I paid my credit card off. I bought jewelry. I had money saved, and I thought, okay, I'm going to go back again. So I ended up going back for another six years. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, because we never crossed paths on board. I think the first time I actually met you was at one of the reunions at the the first World Caribbean reunion in Fort Lauderdale, right? Yep. So after I was there, I brought out the uh, Monarch. So okay. I got over the Brina Monarch. And that was a fun story. I got um, in charge of the Jamaican and Haitian crew. And I was in charge to take them over. And we came into um, Paris through immigration. I got pulled over and we were pulled over for probably with immigration for probably about an hour because they probably thought I was bringing in these um, fine looking Haitian, lovely black gentlemen for, I don't know, for <laughs> sale or whatever. <laughs> they had to call that ship and corporate office. And then they finally let us go. So that was my story, bringing them through. She and I started was in the human trafficking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go to the hotel and they all had to go to the tents. Oh, yeah. 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 That's the way we, we did. So I brought out the majesty after after the monarch. And it was the same thing where it was of me and maybe two other pursers. And it was just a ton of people. And we collected all their passports and yeah. making sure that they were, you know, we took the train, they took the bus. And, um, and yeah, we got to stay in hotels and. And the other people like like Scott got stuck in a in a camp. <laughs> yeah. Concentration camp. Oh, you got the camp, huh? Yeah. It was yeah. Oh, camp. I stayed yeah. I stayed at the camp when I when I was bringing out the Renaissance ships. We we lived at the camp because we didn't do all this processing stuff anywhere else but at the uh at the campsite. We had a whole office set up and they would bring the crew in and they'd tell us when and We'd process them and do everything right there. Then from wow. the Monarch, um, I was on there for about two years. And then I went to Song of Norway. So I was in Europe for almost four years. Wow. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Because that's why we didn't cross paths. I never got to sail Europe. Yeah, I was on Song of Norway. That was fun. And you were on the Song of Norway that long? Yeah. I think oh, I did wow. six Six crossings. We must have just missed each other. I bet I had just left when you came. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And then um, after... The Song of Norway, I wasn't sure if I was going to go back. So basically, I was like a, a reliever. So I went from ship to ship to ship where people were all going on vacations. And then finally, that was that was it. That would be was, the best. That would be the that would be the most awesome shift because you get to cover, you know, different ships and different ports yeah. and stuff. And you don't you're not stuck in, you know, Greg came in Jamaica, Cozumel for two years. That's true. <laughs> true, true. I'll never. But most of you, I think, Brad, I heard you say you did it. The when the first position came out for second um, passenger at night, I yeah. got that job on the Monarch, but there was no cabin assignment, so I had to move every week to a passenger cabin. 
Oh, so man. I had to pack my bag and I had to sit and wait until they found the cabin for me. And then I would go in that cabin. But every week I had to do that. That was that was horrible. That's that a good is, way to make sure everything's clean. That is that is no, no way. Bueno. That is no. that that that's no way to live. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that was terrible. I know that a few people fell into that. They didn't have enough crew cabins because yeah. they once they got the ship operating, they figured out they needed extra people here or there. And those poor people, instead of blocking a like really terrible passenger cabin that, you know, they, you know, at least like a, an inside passenger cabin, they they booked them all and then waited for their to see who didn't show up and which cabin was available and then assigned it to you. I remember once Rhoda, she was on the song of Norway to help out and there wasn't a cabin. And I, she it was literally at the gangway with her suitcases until they could find such, they were just going to throw her off because there wasn't anywhere to put her, you know, but that was just, ugh, that was awful. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the, just the way that they operated. Cause I know a lot of people that fell into that category yeah. where that they used to happen. Like one of the, when I remember when uh, Karen O'Sullivan joined and she was like a third steward or something like that. And they were adding steward officer positions. She had the same thing every single week. She had to move her luggage came to the office and sat there all day until a lot of times it was right at, until the last minute to know whether they were going to get on or not. And I, I remember several people getting kicked off the ship at the last minute because there was not a cabin available. Oh, you know, what, what better the person to kick off a ship than the purser that's in charge of the people? I know, right? Yeah, but but yeah, they they used to do that all the time. So you mentioned to me that you had a little bit of a surprise for us. I do. I do. So and this person has a lot more stories than I do, but some mm -hmm. of my favorite was um, him, and we've been in touch. Uh, He used to come and visit me in Key West quite a few times, and today, uh, yesterday is my sister's birthday, so he came up and he's here. So let me. Can you give me one minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. grab oh, him and there. see what, how he is. Yes. He's oh, he's there exactly with you. There. He has no idea. Oh, oh really? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be as much of a surprise for him as it is for us. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I yeah. almost uh, I almost I, uh, got a uh, mimosa out today. Oh, that but, would have been good. Yeah, but I'm like, ah. Uh. So her place, she's in this town called, I think, Helen, Georgia, which is about four and a half hours from my house drive. It's this really, you should look it up because it is this beautiful little charming village, like in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. Mm. Blaze! Oh my God. So everybody welcome Blaze Besant. <laughs> I just dragged him out of the shower. He was brushing his teeth. Indeed. <laughs> well, it's a good thing he got dressed. So we're, we're talking about all ship life, things that happen and like different stories we have. And, and I'm sure that you have a gazillion ship stories because you worked on, sh- what years did you work on ships for? 89? Yep. And then it got blurry in there because I started working on just new builds for different companies. So uh, oh, wow. really kind of wrapped up in 2008. 2008. Oh, well, but that's wow. quite a, yeah. Well, that's a while. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure you have some like crazy stories. I, you know, we, we like to share some fun stories of things that happen at uh, life at sea. I don't, I don't like the, one of the stories that I shared was the popcorn popper story, which I think you had heard about with Bruce Wolf as uh, a, so Blaze was the IT officer on board when he worked on board. And then obviously you moved and did other things as well. Um, Why don't you, if you can think of one of your favorite crazy 
stories. Um, and if you, you don't have to name names if you don't want to, but you more, you'd be more than happy you can name names. <laughs> and I don't know if you have, hopefully you don't have any involving me, but I don't care. You could say anything you want. Because we worked together on The Majesty for, for quite a while. Um, yeah. At least, at least a contract or two. And, and we also have, and maybe I'll get in touch with you to come back and, and have a, a certain sailboat story that yeah. we can I share. Think you guys have a sailboat story. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So Blaze was our captain on that sailboat that we chartered um, around Greece for two weeks. We can't yeah. wait to hear that one. Eric has been so cryptic about that, like for the entire time. It's it's making the it's just we want it's, to hear that story. It's a it's a really crazy story. I mean, it was it was a blast, but it was pretty nuts. Now, Blaze, yeah. after seeing you, I know that we worked on the Majesty, and you were the computer guy on there. And I used to come and talk. Uh, uh, I'm an old computer, you know, repair guy, and you know, from the '80s and stuff. When we would talk like IC chips and oh yeah, back when they used to repair computers, you mean? 8088. I'm 8086 age, so. Uh, um, but I remember, I remember talking to you uh, about that. Now, that's pretty cool. And you took me back and showed me all the server and. All the IT stuff that was uh, that was pretty cool. I look at those old pictures and it just looks so old, prehistoric now. Yeah, yeah, videos and, and pictures from that days are. Like- I I recently found a video uh, of when we were on the Legend in Alaska, all up on the back deck watching whales and drinking, and it was drinking. Pretty funny. <laughs> well, that's just out your memory is that, that time we drank. <laughs> just that one time. Just yeah. that one time. Um, I was telling my, place, my favorite story was well, one of my stories is when um, when he was in the IT room off the uh, uh, Monarch crew area, uh, purser area. You'd open the door, and he'd be in there all bundled up with a bucket of um, champagne in a bucket, right? Because the room was so cold, it kept it nice and cool, and you knew where to go. Yeah, oh, it was nice and dark in there too. Uh, I remember <laughs> mimosas down in the IT room on the Legend because it was so cold in there. And Bloody Mary Tuesdays. <laughs> For no reason, except it was Tuesday. And we were in Fort de France. And there's not much to do in Fort de France. So, Blaze, how did you even end up working on ships? Backass backwards. I had a you know, newly minted degree in computer engineering and decided I wanted to take some off, time off. So I got my scuba diver instructor's rating. I had a job teaching, diving, and then that ended. So I ended, then I was looking for something just for a little bit longer because I felt I had to get back to computers before my degree became kind of useless. And they said, oh, try the cruise lines. They always, they're always they always hiring. Just don't tell them it's only for like three months, but they won't care. And uh, then they were designing the dive shop on Coco Cay, and there was an architect saying, well, someday we hope to get computers that can talk to the ship. And, and Mark Hughes, and I was on board as a diver, and Mark Hughes and I became friends, and he was, of course, IT. And it was like, well, yeah, this computers on board are pretty simple, pretty straightforward. So I, I made the move. Wow, until, and that was in- Until somebody bros a, bur- a breaker trying to plug something in and tanks the whole <laughs> sense room. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Type 1 connectors were a marvel. Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, you know, like a bar server up the pool bar, hosing down the whole back of the bar and get one connector wet. It would take down every cash register. Well, half the cash registers on the ship. There were two of them. Oh. No matter what you did, you couldn't teach them not to high-pressure wash those computer connections. Uh, they were pressure, watch- pressure washing them up on the pool bar? 
well, the galley. They would hose down that galley at night, and they put a trash bag over the cash register itself, but they would never protect the plugs. And, and so that <laughs> would knock out all the registers. So, I mean, I'm sure you have some pretty cool, like, IT stories of, like, things that happened or things that, that went wrong. Because I remember, the, you know, again, you guys getting calls at all hours of the night mm-hmm. um, with something breaking down or something that you needed to fix. And it was usually... Uh, fairly urgent that you fix it, whatever the problem was. The number of times where we actually had to land entire voyages where we couldn't produce bills on board because the computers were down. So we'd have to end the voyage, start a new voyage, and they'd have to mail all the bills home. They were never (laughs) happy about that. Oh, no. Yeah, nightmare for the pursers because they couldn't balance. The chief purser couldn't really balance the safe. And the cabin stewards were lined up waiting for their, back then called supercharge, you know. Right. Um, supercharged bills and yeah, people pounding at the door. It doesn't really help to repair things when people keep asking, how, how long, how long? Right. Oh my God. And that happened more than once? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember eventually they ended up getting some satellite system where we right. could, it wasn't a fax, but it was like, I don't remember how we right. were sending data back and forth. We were still um, doing incremental authorizations. We weren't doing real time, right. but then we did eventually start doing automated. Yeah. Yeah, we put those ATMs on board, and people didn't understand it was a twenty dollars fee plus whatever your bank charges you, no matter what you took out. You could take out the maximum, which I think was two fifty, but people take out like forty dollars and didn't realize they were paying twenty dollars <laughs> service fee, and then they go the next day and take it out forty dollars in the morning and forty dollars at night. twenty dollars a service fee per transaction. That's what it was. It was an individual satellite call for each transaction. So, they, but still, oh, it was just yeah. ridiculous. Wow. Wow. And wow. I won't even go anywhere but 7-Eleven because theirs is free and everybody else is $2. My mom, when she goes on the ship, she's like, which one's the best machine? Which one's the best machine? And the guys are sat there going, the ATM right over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I tell everybody, if you're going to go to a casino, just play the change machine. You know, dollar in, dollar out. Hopefully a dollar out. Well, even the wow. change machines are smart. They have that. Uh, they have a double plate at the bottom to make it sound like someone was winning at a jackpot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah just to keep getting change out and you'll you'll, you'll feel like you're winning <laughs> I, I i listened to the whole special on the whole casino thing like they tuned those those pans that the money would come out to a certain frequency so so that it would travel further and people could hear and thought that people were winning so so much now it's all yeah. di- digital noises yeah but ship casinos weren't any different from shoreside casinos i mean obviously they were there to make mm-hmm. money and and based on those casino counts i mean the slots always made a lot of money it's the you know because they're programmed to make money whereas you know if you're playing tables I mean, there is a chance every once in a while that you'll beat the house and you will do well. I remember some casino counts where the tables didn't make that much, but the slots always made a lot of money every single week in, week out. I think people cool. gamble enough to get those free drinks. And of course, they're not free at that point, but they get the sense that they're free drinks if they gamble enough. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny that people think it's free when they're spending a ton of cash in the casino. <laughs> You're paying for it one way or the other. Awesome. Hey, let's get let's dip into to Blaze's party life. What <laughs> 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 you expect me to remember? Cabin crawls and, oh. and, and toga parties and all kinds of stuff. Oh, uh, Would you have any wild nights or pass out or th- or blackouts or all? Oh the boy, there were there were some rough nights there. It, my I got pretty good at going straight to work from the disco and parties because, you know, we always had to be in by 6.30, the very latest. So 
at some points, it just wasn't worth going to bed if you had to be to work at 630. Yeah, or I eight. That happened more than once. <laughs> yeah, no, I know that we definitely had, I remember there was once that was my last week on board and we went on like a um, a catamaran cruise, at least and that, I know you were there too, Mary Giuliani, and I can't remember who else was there. But this was on the Majesty in Jamaica, and it was—I think it was my either my birthday or the, my last week on board, or something like that. We got pretty sauced on those those catamaran, and I got so sick that not only did I not go to work that night, but the next day they had to call me to get me to go into work. <laughs> well, that's one I remember. Uh, well, getting calls to get me up to go to work in the morning, I think we're probably quite often. Not the missing in the afternoon because that I usually stumbled in and kind of made my way back. How did you? When did you work with Kim? First the Nordic Empress. Yeah, Nordic Empress. And then the Monarch. Yep. We got in trouble in the shipyard for using our rollerblades. I remember getting. David Barner's like, what in the world? He never heard of rollerblades, but the shipyard raised a ruckus about us using rollerblades to get from the gate to the ship. Why? Well, they'd never heard of rollerblades either. You could bicycle, but you just couldn't rollerblade. Huh. I literally just found my rollerblades back from then that we used to rollerblade in from uh, into town in Cozumel. Um, I, I literally just threw them away out of the attic about um, three, three or four weeks ago. Yeah, Vicky, Mike Webster, right. you and I, um, Andrew. Right, Andrew. Right. Andrew. So we used to uh, rollerblade over to Paradise Island. We'd get, up, we'd get up that bridge, and then we were talking about the other night. We'd go down the bridge, and there was grass, and we'd, we'd head for that grass because we couldn't stop anyway we were going down. So we'd kind of like just fling ourselves into the grass to stop. Really the amusement of the guys at the gate right there. <laughs> Where was that at? Going over that- the bridge to Paradise Island. In, 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 in Nassau. Yeah. I, you know what? I was luckily at, well, I don't know if luckily, but I never sailed to Nassau. Um, I think I stopped there maybe once or twice when we couldn't get into another port and then had to divert into Nassau. But I never sailed on a ship that, that really went didn't get to go to Green Shutters. And, uh, yeah. What was that? Green uh, Shutters. Yeah. Green and shutters. the, uh, the hair braiding there center. There was that restaurant everybody went to, Blue something, Blue Lagoon. So is there, I mean, there has to be times that either one of you can think of, of events that happened on board that, that, that you were on for. I mean, we had, um, I mean, we had plenty oh, of Oh, how fires. about almost missed the ship? Oh, yeah. yeah. Have <laughs> you had an almost missed the ship, Blaze? I was ashore in Cozumel with the chief engineer, Junior, and we stopped for just one quick margarita. And before you knew it, we kept hearing a ship horn go off <laughs> and the ship horn going off. And he was like, what the hell is that all about? Well, then we figured out what time it was. Uh, and oh, yeah, we figured out what it was. All right. So we came back and thankfully we were in street clothes. So when we came along the side of the ship, all the passengers were leaning over the side and ho- hooting and hollering at us. And, you know. <laughs> Uh, when we got on board, yeah, nothing was said until I got a written warning from the staff captain, which was a complete joke, thankfully. Um, he sent me, like, three days later, he sent me a very funny written warning. He had tried to get into my cabin to take my uh, my night uniform away as a joke, but it was down in the cleaner, so I, was, I didn't go through that indignity. <laughs> so how late were you? Chief Engineer Junior, things might have gone worse. But I was, was going to say, say, it's yeah. good you were with uh, Engineer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but again, Blaze's position was one that the ship really couldn't do without. Oh yeah, if you exactly. really think about it, think he was one that. of the yeah, he was one of the only ones. So if he was late, they were waiting. They're not going to let the ship sail without him. How late were you? Oh, about close to an hour. Ah. Oh, so that was. <laughs> oh, 
Holy. Wow. They had people out looking for us. And there we were at the bar right at the base of the pier. But, you know, apparently they'd come in, but they hadn't seen us there. <laughs> hey, you're you're a very important person if, if the ship waits an hour for you. Yeah. Right. I can't believe you didn't actually get a real written warning for that. But then again, neither did Denise, did she? Denise DeRosa was late with the staff captain's kids yeah. uh, by about an hour. And she didn't get written up either, did she? Well, those kids yeah. backed her up, didn't they? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yes, they did. And, it's, and, it's, and again, uh, being an hour late from sailing cost the cruise lines thousands, thousands. Yeah. and thousands, probably over $10,000. I think their decision was if, if they took up our case, they probably had to fire us. They didn't want to fire us, so they just pretended it never happened. You just got the stink guy from the captain for yeah. a few days. I was days. good. I was never late. But then I, most of the time I was passenger first, so I had to be there when everybody came on board. Remember good right. old Brendan O'Rourke? Oh, he came down on pilot boats quite a few times, I think. Really? <laughs> I had a big fear in Miami. I had actually gone to, I want to say Computers Plus or something. It was a long cab ride to go get some parts for the ship. So it was a legitimate reason to go ashore. I was in uniform. And running to the computer store, the traffic was just horrible. I mean, it took me forever. I was getting out of one cab and running up ahead of traffic and jumping in another cab. And I was so late for the ship. There's just no way. And I didn't know what was going to happen. Like, is the port agent waiting for me? You know, how is this to be handled? Get to the top of that bridge. And by God, the ship was still there because the airport passengers were caught in the same traffic. Oh. So I slipped on the passenger gangway and never said a word. But I was <laughs> an hour late wow. then, too. Oh, yeah, I've only been – the latest I've been was – we went golfing in St. Thomas uh, with Mike Webster and we were doing a handover and we, you know, the golf course, which is a beautiful golf course, but it's way on the other side of the Island. And we couldn't catch a cab coming back because there were no cabs going there. So it took us forever. We finally got in a cab, got back. I mean, we were, I at least was very, very drunk. I stopped playing golf because I couldn't hit the ball anymore. But um, when, by the time we got back, they had pulled up the gangway and they had like the gun port was open on, on the side. They had pulled the gangway and Mike and I jumped through the open gun port onto the ship in order to get on. Um, and that was, but that, and we were probably, I think 10 minutes away from the ship sailing. It was, it was pretty close, but my crew card was taken off. So I couldn't go off in the next port. That sucked getting your crew cards pulled. I had like once or twice where, you know, it was at the end, you know, it seems like at the very end of your contract, like your last cruise, like everything just goes out the door. You're just like, I can't wait to leave. I'm going to do this. Who cares if I'm late, whatever you get in trouble have the, your crew part, uh, pulled on the first port and then you can't get off the ship the rest of you know in jamaica or grand cayman or or coco Cay, you're stuck on the ship hey we're about out of time but i kind of want to know what blaze is doing now then my summers uh mostly i'm based kind of in wisconsin for summers but i have no interest in winter so i go anywhere else except them there i spend a lot of time <laughs> in panama um i do a fair amount of volunteer work so that keeps me busy this last year has been odd with the travel i got caught in panama actually they closed the airport so I was stranded in Panama for, I was there for like 12 out of 18 months because of that. Oh, wow. 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 It was very wow. restrictive there. Like men were allowed out. I mean, like to leave the condo building. I was allowed out on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a man. And because of the last digit of my residency card, I could be out between 4.30 and 6.30 on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And that oh, was my. it. Jesus, wow. that's specific. So yep. you were in quarantine, quarantine. Oh, yeah. Now, mind you, I could go anywhere in a condo building. I was have tons of friends there. And it's right on the beach. And we have, you know, but we weren't Beautiful. allowed to use the pools. And technically, we weren't allowed to use the beach. But if you went out early in the morning before the police were out, you were fine. But 
Um, it was very restrictive. But, uh, you know, there's worse places to be stuck in a nice condo on a beach in Panama. Hey, before we uh, let you guys go, um, uh, going back to ship life and stuff, do you guys ever hook up with uh, any passengers? No, because I had a boyfriend for a couple of years on board, so I never hooked up with passengers. Yeah, not so much. Not without exception, but not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so second part of that uh, question, um, where's the uh, strangest place that you've done it on the cruise ship? I'm boring. I really am boring. I can sort of tell us. I mean, when they lower the lifeboats down and you find the used condoms in them, you know, there's there's those moments. <laughs> During crew drill, you know, the first people aboard the lifeboats yeah. have to inspect to see what's in there, blankets or condoms or, you know. I'm not sitting in there. First, life was a lot easier on board before they put all the security cameras on. I couldn't even imagine now with all of the you know pinhole cameras and motion activated everything. Security used to come to us fairly often. Like if a passenger was missing, it always seemed to be newlyweds. They the security would come to the computer office and ask us to run the bill to see if the person had been going to the same bar a lot or been shopping, you know, spending money in the same place a lot. Then they tracked down the server who kept serving them. And then they'd go to that person's cabin. Usually that person was on break and then they'd find him in the cabin. Were you on the Empress when that um, passenger on Carnival jumped over because because security were after him because he was so drunk. He had a faucet in his hand. So he just swung himself over. Yeah, I think he still had a drink in his hand. No, it was a faucet. He had torn the the faucet off of a sink in a a utility room. So I was walking on promenade that night doing my exercise, and I hear this, help! And then I heard, Mr. Mob, Mr. Mob. Oh, wow. Somebody started, we started throwing the rings to him, and they did catch him, but he had to go downstairs to jail. Did he, he like... He Did he like his break on, his legs off. or something? Or no, he was fine. He was oh, he was just out of his mind, yeah. drunk, and maybe something else. But he managed to lose most of his clothes, but keep the faucets. And all the ships were circling. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, really like, what's going on? All the ships are circling in tight circles, and then yeah. Mr. Mob. It was a crew staff girl who who saw him first. Um, she saw him. And yeah, and then like, I looked what? over. She didn't know what was going on, and she was like, "Who? There's someone in the water." She was so surprised. <laughs> and this was in port. No, 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 we off of Miami. I yeah, I think we were coming back into Miami. It was oh, off wow. of a normal ship, and he had our medical ward, and we landed him. Yeah, in Miami the next day. Yeah, but the guy was just nuts. With- Do you guys remember have any recollection of on the Empress where the uh, the passenger walked into a uh, elevator shaft and? Oh yeah. Were, oh, so were you on there at that time? Yes. Um, we don't have to go through the whole story because yeah. it's a, a you know bad story, but I'm sure she's cruising free for the rest of her life. But what wasn't wasn't that it? I was trying to remember that story um, a while back where um, they just didn't turn the doors off upstairs and she, and they opened and she just fell down the shaft. Yeah, they were doing service. Something went wrong with doing service. They hadn't disabled the doors and the elevator was yeah. So she walked right in. She didn't notice that there was no elevator there and walked right in. Of course, it was a glass <laughs> elevator. Yeah. Right. So you're expecting light. Look, I Go remember when they used to come up to the desk and they're like, um, I don't have my su- suitcase. I didn't get my clothes or anything. And we used to go down and get our personal items and bring them up so they could wear our clothes, like to go to dinner or something. What? Or they come up and they'll go, this dress was in my suitcase and this doesn't belong to me. <laughs> so they get other people's clothes in their suitcases. So who knew what they were doing before the baggage got on board, you know, way back when. 
Wow. The baggage handlers were trying on the dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember that some of the girls at the front desk would lend uh, guests like yeah. outfits to to yeah. wear to dinner. I stopped doing that for men because I, people started stealing my clothes. I mean, I wouldn't give them my worst stripe, right? but I'd give them like anything that had a logo on it or something. I'd try and not give them because I figured they'd take that. But they'd take your polo shirts and shorts and never return them. I was like, really? Yeah, I don't think I ever lent out clothes to anyone. Hey, uh, this actually goes out to all the percher because uh, I would assume that this would be in your guys' area. Um, what about lost and found? What's some of the craziest stuff that you've found or uh, knew about in lost and found? The LNF department store, you mean? Yeah, LNF, yeah. the LNF store. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. didn't like all that go ashore after? You yeah. yeah, it just you went had ashore. to write a log of everything that was in there, and somebody from Shoreside would come on and and, and yeah. take it, but. Like, well, you're not going to put like, you know, suntan lotion in there. Really? Somebody's going to yeah. claim suntan lotion? Yeah. No. No, no lost and found this week. <laughs> <laughs> and sunglasses? Yeah. Seriously? Like cheap ass sunglasses? And who's going to claim naughty bits from the bedside drawer? You know, they're just not going to pile No, I remember once somebody, some sometimes persons would take the lost cameras and would take some inappropriate yes. photos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. Well, there yeah. was a whole episode with divers who did them the cameras left on coco k uh-huh. and they had quite a few uh yeah naughty shots oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, shorts yeah. And take a snap. That's, that's funny yeah see we didn't do that but we took pictures of ourselves like we would get together at the desk and you know take a i guess a selfie would have been <laughs> what we were doing yeah, but if you remember involved. back then like people had to get those photos developed and would have to pay for them that's so right. if you took all these photos i mean one they wouldn't find out for a while because not until they developed the pictures yes for if there's any young people out there uh, <laughs> you had to develop pictures back in the day um but yeah so people would pay for these developed pictures and all of a sudden have all these crazy pictures on their camera we had a woman come on to the monarch who had had just this happen to her and with presumably the crew and she brought back the photos. So she'd gone to her local pharmacy, gotten them developed. When she got them back, there was a big sticker on the envelope, indecent materials and clothes. And so she, the pharmacist, her local pharmacist, everyone thinking, oh my God, what kind of vacation was this? (laughs) Photos and all and turn them over to the hotel manager. And she was not amused. Hey guys, we need to start wrapping up. Okay. All right. Really good to see you. It is Sorry, great to we, see you both. Did you like my surprise? Yes. Yes, of course. So no, no. I mean, it's been great to have you both on. Thank you so much. And thank you for bringing on a surprise guest. Good to, if it's good not to see here, you we look forward to seeing you in the next reunion. Yes, definitely. Definitely. All right. Bye-bye. All the Thanks, best. Thanks, guys. Bye. Ciao, guys. Bye for now. Bye. See y'all. Bye. Hey, everyone. The ship is about to set sail, which brings us to an end for today. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. For bonus audio and if you would like to see this podcast and video, please visit our YouTube channel, My Ship Story. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as My Ship Story. Don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member and if you have a story that you would like to tell or if you'd like, you can email us your story for us to read on the air. Email us at myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. That's myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. Goodbye for now, and be sure to tune in next week, same time, as we'll have a new podcast every Monday. Bon voyage!